Hello, welcome to the Me If I Was 20 podcast. My name is Ty. I am here with my co-host, and his name is... Gage. What's up, Ty? Not much, man. Yeah, you're just uh, chilling, just yeah. like me. Yeah, hang out with Odie. Um, pretty much just... <laughs> we had an off week last week. Yeah, we had did. A, had a little bit of a medical emergency. Yeah, but things are back to normal. Yeah, so sorry about that. Sorry yeah. I missed last week, guys. It's not your fault. No, it was not my fault. You're right. It's not, I mean, it's not really my fault either. It's not it's just, anyone's no. fault. No. Well, we could blame someone for we sure. We could. But I'm not going to say who that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I don't know how much of a packed show we have today. Right. But I'm excited about it nonetheless. Yes, we're me gonna too. We're going to be talking about some subjects that are near and dear to my heart. Yes, absolutely. As always... Well, not as always. As usual, we're yes. late. Let's start out with our listener questions. Yeah, let's do it. Because they're dynamite. Yeah, they're great questions <clears throat> this week. So, here's the first one. If you could undo one untimely music death, mm. whose would it be? And who do you think had the most or best material still in them when they died? Wow. I mean, there's a lot of and untimely music deaths. This is me. Oh, Yes. Yes, there's been less since we hit like right around the '80s. Yeah, but like, it, well, I, feel like I popular mean, popular musicians died like left and right in the '60s. Yeah, so thanks a lot, drugs. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, gosh, I'm pretty torn here. Uh, I got I got two people that I really wish didn't didn't die. Um, I I, I want to start with Lane Staley, okay. um, from Alice in Chains. Yeah. Uh, right. I really like the direction they were going in when when they released their self titled, yeah. with the the dog with three legs on the front of the yep. cover. Um, I want to hear more. I'm sure there's some demos I could probably find somewhere. How, how old was he? Because the entire point behind this young. was like he was young. Was uh, was like people hit their kind of like creative peak at 30 and 40, and so after that it's kind of all downhill. So like I'm in like. The sunset of my career. He was 34. So he had a little bit of time left. Yeah, sure. Um, Still untimely. Like, 34 is young. Oh, no. That's... No, no. That's super young. Yet again, screw you, drugs. 45 is really young. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably heroin, right? I'm I'm sure of it. I mean, almost definitely. It's like a person in the 90s that was in an alternative rock band. Yeah. That's almost definitely probably heroin. Um, And if not him... No, I have to say Kurt Cobain. Oh yeah, but, um, that was when I, this question got posed to me. That was the first person I thought yeah, of. Absolutely, uh, Nirvana was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, uh, outside of maybe one or two bands, yeah. like they were like Metallica, maybe. I, I mean, to I was talking about to me personally, to you, like yeah. to me, like Green Day was a bigger deal, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but he died in 97. Yeah, I think so. so. I was in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So it was like... My, and he was, I think, what? He was either 24 or like 27. No, dude, he was in his 20s. Okay. I think so. Okay. I thought he was in his 30s. Um, yeah, 27. He's 27 club. Amy Winehouse and everybody like that. I mean, that. that is... That's crazy young. I mm-hmm. mean, 34 is really young. But 27. 27 is nuts. Yeah. Um, Another person I thought of was Tupac, sure. and obviously uh, Biggie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the first person off the top of my head was Kurt Cobain. Yeah. I don't see how it could be really 
it, to me, of a, of a person of a specific age, I don't right. see how it could be anybody but them. Yeah. Hip hop was not hip hop. Hip hop. <laughs> hip hop. <laughs> not sure where that came from. Um, hip hop was not really on my radar yet. Yeah. I was like in seventh grade. Right. And alternative was like the only thing that was like my lifeblood. Yeah. So I, that just was crazy. Yeah. I'm sure. To see that. I can't imagine how it was to be alive when that happened. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, cause I came home, I remember like I would come home from school and watch, uh, MTV, a- MTV. Yeah. And that was like, when I came home, like that was going on and I was just like, right. what was happening? And then like Gosh. Courtney Love was given this crazy press conference yeah. and it was, it was really nuts. Yeah. That there's a <laughs> lot behind that and a lot, you know, of course people, with their theories and all, but sure. not going to get in all that. Yeah, I'm not. Um, it's more of a this is a loss and yeah. not who is to blame for yeah. this. Like, you want to. There's probably tons of stuff that you could blame. Absolutely. Uh, Yet again, potentially heroin. Oh, yeah. Uh, we know it was a. Oh, know, that. There's no way that. Kurt that Cobain it. Couldn't have had some sort of effect. Yeah. You know? Right. But. Especially you know, if a person's depressed. Like, yeah. it's not like a, oh man, this is going to make me feel better kind of drug. Right. And, you know, I really don't know what his state of depression was at that point. Um, I know that they were going through a, you know, a messy divorce at that yeah. time or whatever. But anyway, I, I do think, you know, the one song that was released, you know, post mortem, I think it, uh, you know, you're right is what I think it was called. Um, it was in like a box set with them and it was that, that direction of if that, the rest of their stuff was going to start, it was a lot heavier. Yeah. It was a lot. Well, you know, in, in vitro was super heavy. Yeah, it was. Uh, that, I mean, they weren't like a band that was just on the surface, you know, kind of like this light and airy band. They, they were always, no, yeah. You know, like, never mind, like, you know, it's their most famous album by far Mm -hmm. was, you can't say that it was just incredibly deep. No. But it was so tight and so good Mm -hmm. and so well made. And it was just sonically, (laughs) it was something different at the time. And, I think it really pioneered what grunge was. Sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, you have, like, unsung, you know, great bass player, Chris yeah. Novoselic, in that band. Yeah. Uh, and then, not even to mention Dave Grohl on the yeah. drums, and that's just yeah. unreal. Like, what would they have done? Because Dave Grohl, like, obviously blew up. Right. After that band broke up. Yeah. I broke up. They, I mean, it just ended. Right. So, it, how how much more did he have left in the tank? And the stuff that he went to do with the Foo Fighters, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. you know, I think his first maybe two albums was just him. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, and I guess that that's a a look at things. I mean, without the death of Kurt Cobain, we probably wouldn't have the Foo Fighters. No. Um. Which I'm not saying, you know, it's great that Kurt Cobain died, because no. No. But um, I just can't imagine, would Kurt Cobain have went on to be- maybe become some kind of a writer? Would Kurt Cobain have? Because I do think their stint as a band probably would have had one or two more albums. Yeah, you don't see that, like, you see that going kind of like the way of the Beatles. Yeah. 
where it was so, you know, right. It, it was riding so high. Mm-hmm. It was really kind of unprecedented in a lot of ways. It was. And then you just didn't see that fame kind of riding out for no. much longer, you know? And may- maybe Kurt Cobain would have had a solo album. And then yeah. I'm sure Dave Grohl would have went on to play drums for someone else or... <laughs> Who knows? Et cetera, or whatever. But, I mean, I just can't imagine the stuff that would, like, just be out there at this point if, yeah. you know, Kurt Cobain hadn't passed away. And <clears throat> I'll say this, like, in retrospect, like, that was a bigger deal to me at the time. Mm-hmm. As an adult now, I think, like, Tupac and Biggie Smalls dying might have been a bigger one. Mm-hmm. Because how many albums did Biggie put out? Like, two? Maybe. I, I don't mean, I don't I, know too much about Biggie. Obviously, he had, he probably had, like, EPs on the street. Right. Uh, and the, there were so many, like... There's like the mixtape scene, and I don't know how much of that you count. Yeah, but those two were really, really young. Yeah, they were, and they were like they were right in the prime mm-hmm. of doing the best stuff that they could. Right, and as when I was younger, I was like, this music is really catchy, and mm-hmm. now as an adult, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this music is so good. Yeah. I love it so much. I think that one might be the bigger one to me. Really? Both of those two. See, I'm like... I feel like they had so much more to say. Yeah. And I feel like it's like we've already said that. Like Nirvana had more to say, but it, it was probably less than it would have been. You mm-hmm. know, it probably Absolutely. would have been I, a shorter I, duration of time. I, I think if... I per- per- personally think that Nirvana was huge and a huge deal, and they, they yeah. rose to fame really fast. But... Sure. I personally think without the death of Kurt Cobain, I don't think they would be as talked about as they are now. And I don't know, man. Nevermind is talked about in a lot of yeah. circles as being one of the best albums yeah. ever. Period. Yeah. Not in rock or alternative ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is unprecedented. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. It, it, it did so much for... Not just that genre, but music in general. Yeah. Like, that you can do this, you know? Like, you can be yourself and yeah. make this kind of music. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I don't know, man. Like, they... it That's a tough one. I mean, it's tough. It's a tough thing. Yeah. It's a tough thing to sort through. It is. And, I mean, let alone... I, I mean, I'm not huge into hip-hop, but, you know, I do think those two are pioneers of what hip hop yeah. is today. And it's yeah. undeniable to say that at the time, those two would have been the shooting stars yeah. of either coast, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I think you can say that Dr. Dre had a lot to do with Tupac. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he, re- I mean, he didn't write his songs, you know, those are Tupac's lyrics, mm-hmm. but you know, those beats, they come from Dr. Dre yeah. and then it is like, Oh man, like that that stuff is so good I mean, and it's Dr. so tight. Dre, I mean, if we want to give Dr. Dre credit, I mean, he he's made a lot of beats for a lot oh, of people. Absolutely. He's all over a lot of stuff. And if man. he had said, let's say it was reverse where it was like Dr. Dre died and Tupac, like I would have said it was absolutely hands down Dr. Dre. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz holy crap, man. No, that those guy, beats are unreal. That guy is insane. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he's instrumental in a lot of careers yeah. in the hip-hop scene. Sure. but i I don't who would have had more i think it would have been i think it would have been in tupac or biggie maybe i probably lean toward biggie 
even though I probably like Tupac's music a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I've listened to more Biggie than I have Tupac yeah. um, personally, but I do think Biggie's voice is very recognizable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, There's no doubt you know it's Biggie, and there's probably no doubt you know it's Tupac too, but I mean... I feel like there's guys that like, and I'm not comparing Ja Rule to Tupac. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are guys that do a like try to imitate him mm-hmm. and try to put that out there. It's not as good. Don't do not hear me say that. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of people that try to copy yeah, him. Yeah, well, I mean music is very inspiration led. Yeah. Sometimes people take inspiration and go a little far with it and say, I'm inspired by this guy, but really I'm just copying this guy. Right. Um but yeah, I don't think you can ever imitate or and in imitation, do better than who no. came before. No, his voice is his voice is perfect for yeah. that. Um, I feel like we should probably give some shout outs to some people, like because I feel like we would gloss right over that. But like mm-hmm. you know, obviously Jimi Hendrix, yeah, was, in, yes. like Mama Cass, mm-hmm. um, dude. Who else? Um, I mean. I feel like those are the gigantic yeah, ones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to like maybe even John Lennon. I mean, he. I think he died when he was like forty-two or something like that. Was he in his forties? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd already had this conversation with somebody. So like the entire yeah, he was forty. Yeah, but so, still, I mean, that, that's a pretty instrumental. Death and I mean, in music. That's not like completely eliminating, no. but but it didn't mean that he didn't. I, I, honestly, like. I feel like he was just going to do some like weird stuff with Yoko until like Yeah, I don't really care to hear that. I, I don't either. It's not my thing at all. No. And I mean, I the Beatles to me are fine. Mhm. I I'm not one of those like diehard Beatles fans. I'm not fans. a diehard Beatles fan, but I like the Beatles. Oh yeah, so. of course. Like I get like their influence, but mm-hmm. at the same time like I feel like everything everything that is a rock band does not completely point back to them i feel like there's other yeah. bands that are probably a little bit well, more I, and i also you know i might get a lot of you know maybe people say something to me about this but i don't see a lot of rock bands that point back to elvis either i'm not i think it's just like the brand of music that he was playing like he was basically you know kind of taking what, how he was stealing african-american people's yes. music Yes, and I was he, trying to think of a diligent way to say yeah, that, but look, that's better. And, and you know what? That's, <clears throat> that might be why I don't and, respect And repackaging repas- it for white people. <laughs> right, and also not giving any credit where it's due. Right. So, so. I think Elvis, personally, is a trash person. I, I don't, like, I, there are some, st- I'm not like an Elvis person. No, me neither at and all. I, and again, I don't hate him. I get all these influences, but I think there are bands like Cream. I think there are bands sure. like Led Zeppelin that are just as crucial oh sure if not like i feel like those guys were like this is what the beatles are and they went in the opposite direction sure and they were just like then they found their sound from that give me led zeppelin as king of rock all day over yeah over elvis being king of rock oh i i just i and i'm not splitting hairs about who did what and who did what better like everybody's opinion is going to be different about Mm -hmm. that for me i and the influences like for the bands that I listen to now, their influences were those two bands. Yeah. You know, like Black Sabbath, like is like definitely an offshoot of all of that. Like, yeah, if, if there's no cream, there's no Black Sabbath. Right. So, 
I mean, fans get influenced by, you know, I mean, I mean, if we're going to get down to, I mean, the whole alternative scene, I mean, you had to have people like Jawbreaker. You had to have people like, I mean, the Misfits are pretty early on. The Ramones. I mean, but there is, there's a concert that was like a really famous concert, like, I think it was like 72 or something like that. I can't remember. And the Ramones had just gone to Europe for the first time. They mm-hmm. had been playing like dive bars forever, like at CBGB forever yep. in New York, right? Right. And just getting huge off that. And everybody knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And that word of mouth just spreads and spreads. Well, th- like by the time they go to, to London or England, yeah. they, I mean, I get that London is a city in England. Right. But I can't Wherever remember they what went city the it was. <laughs> there is like two two gigantic bands in the crowd that see them for the first time and one is the clash yeah okay and there's just so much of that stuff that they see and they take away and they're just like this is this is amazing Mm -hmm. this is what i'm gonna do with that yeah you know and that's all iteration is right absolutely i mean you have bands i mean you have bands like green day for example that you know grew up in the it's just whatever. I know we've went way far off from where we started, but whatever. Um, Our conversations go where they go. Um, I mean, you just look at all these different parts of the USA or wherever, yeah. And all their different music scenes. It's like Green Day grew up in Oakland and Berkeley, yeah, and course. you see like Operation Ivy yeah. or like um, Rancid or yeah. all these other bands that come from there, and you can it, just see their influences. I think Rancid is like New York. Maybe I might be wrong, yeah. but I know there. It does not mean that there there is no shortage of South California punk bands, right? Because there are so many of them. Absolutely. So, but I, I don't. I to me that's a fun topic. Like yeah. I don't know. I don't know who would have had the bigger impact. Like I feel like all the people we listed had gigantic. Impacts. I feel like the Twenty Seven Club <laughs> in general. Like yeah, Amy Winehouse, uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. Kurt Cobain. All those people who died at that young of an age yeah. have some some sort of an impact on just the music scene in general as a whole. Yeah. And people who just disregard that. Well, some people don't know the history. You yeah, know? Like, absolutely. Like, you didn't live through that, and I did. That no. doesn't mean that you understand it any more or less than right. I did. Like, absolutely. My experience is slightly different. From mm-hmm. Because you it. lived there through it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, but... Right. You know, I... I know some music history, so... Of course you do. Right. I mean, yeah. But anyway, let's go to our next one. Yeah. So, I said, in response, or in regard to the Montreal Screwjob, if you were a fan of Bret Hart Mm -hmm. and watching that live, how upset are you in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And now, as an adult, let's say you watch that when you're like 13. Okay. And now, as an adult, how precious was that that you got to see probably the biggest one of the biggest wrestling moments of all time right so if people listening don't know what the montreal screw job is so nessa so basically i think bret hart was about to leave the wwe or wwf whatever it was at the time and go to wcw wcw yeah so you can either agree to say hey i'll take this one on my back i have the championship at the moment And I'm going to lose um, cleanly and give the championship to whoever you want me to give the championship to yeah. on my way out. You can just take which, the championship. and Which at the time was Shawn Michaels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you can just take the championship and 
go on the other TV's ch- channel with their championship, and that makes your company look bad. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, that's basically your options. Yeah. Um, or in this case, there's a screw job that happens. Right. Um, so there was a lot of backstage beef when it goes to yeah. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Um, and there was a was it SummerSlam? Was it a match at SummerSlam or was it WrestleMania? Which one? Um, at the Montreal School Screw Job. Oh no, it was um, Survivor Series. Survivor Series, right? It was. Yeah. So they were having it in Canada. Yeah. Which is Bret Hart's hometown, Montreal, Montreal, and that's why or, it's called the Montreal Screw Job. Whatever that means. Um. Anyway, so the point is, is like it's, Bret, Bret Hart gets like absolutely wrong. Right. So like, there's like all these people saying this isn't going to happen. This is how this is going to go, mm-hmm. and they completely stab him in the back. Right. Bret Hart is told that he's winning yeah. and he's keeping the championship yeah. when everyone else knows that Shawn Michaels is going over. Yeah. And he's even going to use Bret Hart's sharpshooter on him and. He's he's gonna doesn't he end up saying he tapped to it? The that's how the that's how the match ends. Right. That is probably one of the the if not it is one of the biggest wrestling upsets. Well, well, and the difference is, is depending like, on how you look at it, and the difference is it's got all this real world right like actual life bleeding into yeah. the wrestling. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, I can't imagine being somebody I that think, watched that. I think that would be. In the moment, it would have been shocking, right? But right? In, see, in the moment, if you're a fan, you're you, so pissed. You're you're pissed, but you also you don't know. It. I mean, you assume this is what, how it was supposed to go. But at the same time, think about that as an adult. Think about how fondly you would look back at that memory and say, "I cannot believe that I was there and I saw yeah. that happen in real life." Right? Like it's a perfect juxtaposition of saying. I am so mad about this thing in the moment, and then later it is like not life defining, but yeah. like you know, it's like a big deal yeah, that you I get saw to see it. That. It is a gigantic piece of history. Yeah, it is. It's a huge piece of history. You know, I, I just you know, I don't. I've never been somewhere that has been that much of a defining moment right. at, at the time. Like the closest thing to that would be when I was at SummerSlam and Brock Lesnar drove the uh, freaking right. tractor out and <laughs> flipped the ring. I was there, but that was cool. But the freaking Montreal screw job that it just has, it's just such a, it's just freaking legendary with all the backstage stuff yeah. going on with yeah. it. You guys listen, we can't do it justice here. If you let's say, like, let's say this, if you don't know anything about wrestling and you go into it wanting to find something out. The Montreal Screwjob is like probably one of the start. first five things mentioned yes. in wrestling history. Absolutely. It's bigger than Hulk Hogan beating Andre the Giant. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't even think it's I don't close. care to hear about that. I don't no, want you to bury but, Andre but the that, Giant that for me. That is what everybody would remember. Like, right. If nobody knows anything about it, that, that WrestleMania three would be the biggest thing yes. in the world. Absolutely. Um and if I don't want to go too off track, but I'm so mad that they let Hulk Hogan beat Andre the Giant, and that is the one okay, thing that we, they we have zero time to yeah, spare. We like, do. We are like 30 minutes up against it already. We have. We're a little busy today, guys. Yeah. Anyways, um, but I will say, what's that podcast that uh, you sent to me that talks about wrestling? Um, the 25 greatest catchphrases of the Attitude Era. Yeah, go listen. It's on the Ringer. The Ringer has a podcast about the Montreal Screwjob. Go listen to that. 
It is yeah. wonderful. Yeah, you you would get the entire backstory yep. of what you need to know. Absolutely. about Absolutely. But and understand like why it's so historic. I think just as an adult looking back at that and saying, you know what, this hurt me in the moment, but it's good now. Yeah. It's stuff like that that I actually like love. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of stuff like that in wrestling where it's like, I don't understand this booking decision now, but yeah. in the future you're like, okay, this made this what it is. Yeah. Because I think without that. I, I think it is by far my favorite story. Or, or excuse me, not story. I think it is by far my favorite topic to discuss in wrestling, yeah. period. It's pretty awesome. It, there's so much going on with it. Absolutely. So, I think um, it's it's just a great story. Yeah, yeah it, it is like a legacy uh, wrestling moment. No. Um, but that leads us into our next topic, mm-hmm. which me and you both love. Yes. Which is Snap. Marvel Snap. Of, again, guys. Yeah, I mean... You guys tune in to hear us talk about stuff, and yeah. that's what we're into this yeah. week. Actually, we're into something else bigger. But yeah. I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. So I've been waiting to pull Luke Cage, mm-hmm. who is like a kind of a higher tier card. He's yeah. like a series four, which means he counts three thousand tokens. Yeah. And <clears throat> I pulled him mm-hmm. in the card collector the other day. That's even better. You don't even got to waste any tokens on him. But. <laughs> Uh, the same week, I had had a run where I pulled Luke Cage, then Taskmaster, mm-hmm. and then something like Quinjet, mm-hmm. and then, golly, like one more gigantic thing. I think it was like Gambit or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's all these cards that I have been waiting on, like very you just patiently. Finally got them all. Uh, oh, it was uh, incredible. I'm sure that felt awesome. So I've been running this. Toxic Cerebro deck, mm-hmm. which means I told you a little bit about it the other yep. day, but I hadn't told anybody about this podcast. So it works like Hazmat, mm-hmm. who's a character in it. She decreases the value of all the cards right. on the board. <clears throat> well, Luke Cage makes your cards like unable to be have their power reduced. Yeah. So you can play her and then play him. Mm-hmm. All your cards get boosted and all the... Pl- your opponent's cards stay low stay low but then i paired that with cerebro and all your cards get boosted so all their cards are going into the negative and, and all your cards are getting in the positive oh, it's just so nasty it's disgusting it's so disgusting so if i play it right i have a chance where i could hit someone 16 times <laughs> i mean if your hand wants to let you be that lucky it, it it's not it doesn't always work that way and right it sometimes that's why i have the cerebro cards in there right because i have two separate win conditions because mm-hmm. sometimes i can play like not play wong mm-hmm. and play her and then play cerebro and mystique yep. and get everybody boosted yep. or then other times i can play wong then mystique and then hazmat and that like they, they get hit 18 times or not 18 they get hit eight times Right? Mm-hmm. Minus eight across yeah. the entire board. Gosh. But that hurts. I play Cerebro and all my cards get boosted once. So it's got a lot of different variations. So you can play it like a straight up Cerebro deck mm-hmm. or a straight up Hazmat deck. Right. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite things about Marvel Snap because yeah. I've been, you know, I've, pl- I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I've been playing Move Deck a, that's it. That's, yeah. I have almost exclusively, yeah. I started and I didn't really play a deck. I just played cool cards. Yeah. And then, you know, you showed me the, uh, uh, Move Deck. Uh, 
What was it? The move? No, you the showed. Cerebro? No, it was um, uh, uh, Zoo? Odin. You showed me how to play Odin. the Odin deck, and I was playing that a little bit. And then Odin's okay. Yeah, it's all right, but I don't hate it. Mm-mm. It's cool to start with. Yeah, um, you can see it coming a mile away. It's... Yeah, um, but then all of a sudden I started unlocking all those move cards, and I was yeah. like, I'm gonna try this out because I like the idea yep. of it. And it it's it has completely ruled my game yep. from the moment I started playing it. And I've been unlocking a lot of new cards for it, like uh, Vulture, which yep. you know That's when you move him, fantastic. plus five every time you move him. Yep. Um, Cloak, which you know everybody gets to move Great their card. cards, and if you play that right, you get ridiculous amount of power on your yep. uh, one with um, Craven on it. Yeah. Um, it, they're just and then I got um a Vision. I got yep. Vision. He's freaking awesome for that deck. So right now, I, yeah, and I have a good bit of win conditions for that deck yep. too because I still have America Chavez because you you need her in a move deck yep. if she's not in your move deck it really does you help might lose honestly you, you absolutely have to have those cards pushed out in the sequence yep. that you want absolutely them. and you know since I've unlocked Vulture it's left me a lot of times with a choice to say do I want to play multiple man or do I yep. want to play Vulture because. I like to keep him in my deck, multiple man, because he can, if you play it right, you can spread him across the entire board. Yeah, but um, you choke yourself out. You do. Mm-hmm. So what I usually do is, if I can get Hulkbuster on multiple man, yes. I will do that. Absolutely. Then play Craven on the left or in the middle, mm-hmm. and then Vulture with him. And when those all get pushed, multiple, man, multiple man's gotten gigantic. Yeah. Right? And then, but I've also pushed some other cards in the Craven, so yeah. he's getting huge. Mm-hmm. And usually, I will move that Vulture back and forth a couple yeah. of times. So by the time he's done, he's like an eighteen. Yeah, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. So if they're those are all getting pushed into into a Craven, then that's kind of it. You have one huge lane and then another big lane, yeah. and, and then you you win. <clears throat> I, I've been experimenting with other cards this like this season. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't pushed as high as I normally have, but still so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's really, really interesting learning those decks. But man, having Luke Cage, it's just having like, let's say when Scorpion comes out, yeah. right? And he spits on everybody. You can just play him. and Your cards, once they come on the board, their power boosts yep, back unaffected. up. You're unaffected by a Jotunheim, like mm-hmm. any of those negative yep. spots. Those are all completely negated. What happens if... Um... I guess it what nothing would happen if Hobgoblin was on your side with Luke Cage. He no, he would say the same. Okay, now you can you can Odin him and send him back. Yeah, but that's a lot to ask. Yeah, it is because then you're just having Odin in your deck for whatever reason. It would work. Yeah. It would it would work if you had like it would work if you were running like a hazmat deck yeah. like straight up mm-hmm. where you put Wong down, then hazmat, and then Odin it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's say they put a goblin on there, and then you like that. You put a goblin on that lane, mm-hmm. and then you Odin it on six and sends it back. Yeah. So that's more than possible. Yeah. That would just be a very circumstantial deck, I think. It. I mean, I've had people do that to me, but it, yeah. But I've also done something stupid where I played it on like um, Kun Long before, where the the effects are revealed twice. Yeah. And it'll go over, but then it'll send it back. back. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's just so many different combinations. It, I, it's so fun. You once you start unlocking those big cards, like 
Oh, man. And, I mean, it's fun before that. Yeah. I think I just want to play stuff that's not typical. Yep. And I have complete confidence in my playing ability that I could play, like, a Devil Dinosaur deck and get probably really close to infinite. Yeah. But it's just not fun. Mm -mm. Like, it's really boring. It is, because... You're basically doing the same thing every time when you're playing a Devil time. Dinosaur deck. And, and I think the different thing about Move is like every time the situation's different, it is. sometimes that Heimdall will come out, but you don't want to use him and you America right. Chavez instead. I'll, yeah, and sometimes I'll have Heimdall in my first pull, yeah. and and then I'll be waiting on Iron Fist for three rounds, yeah. and he never shows never up. Comes. And then I'm like, I just have to, you just have to work with what you have yeah. sometimes. And, and I think that's what I like so much about the Move deck is because it changes so yes. often. It's every game that I have to come up with some new way to play that deck, and, and it's just so fun. That's exactly why I like playing Cerebro, mm -hmm. is because everything is, like, everything on the board states, like, in play. Yeah. You have to think about everything. Yeah. Like, what the locations are doing to your cards. Mm -hmm. Like, if I play this on, like, Shuri's Lab, yep. it's going to double everything and throw all my calculations off. Yep. And I think that's kind of... Because kinda what? Like, with Cerebro, you have to have... It, it only doubles your level two. He doesn't double it. Or he adds, adds two power to the highest power card that you have. So if everything right. is a two, everything gets everything gotcha. gets it, and it just lights up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. But if if like if I'm playing Monster Island mm -hmm. and there's a monster on the board, I don't want that. No, it's actually hurting me. Yeah. And usually, what I'll do is I'll have a beast in my hand. And bees can pull him out. Yeah. See, I'm happy when I have Monster Island and playing a move deck. Because, yeah, sure. Because usually your your chance to move goes to the left. Yeah. Unless you know it's with Heimdall yeah. or not Heimdall. Unless it's with um that one location, the Bifrost. Yes. Where it moves everything to the right. That is great. It is. It, that is one of my favorite. Oh yeah. If I see if I see Bifrost, I on snap. Oh yeah. It's I an snap. Absolute like this is a win for me. Um. But um. Yeah. Like. Sometimes I've played Craven in the middle. Yeah, that's I, where I play. I typically play Craven to the left. Um, I usually, my hand almost 85% of the time has a Nightcrawler and the start. So I usually play him all the way to the right. And then I'll, I'll play Craven all the way to the left because I'm trying to push everything left by the end. But I like to keep Craven on the middle mm -hmm. because I can bounce stuff in and out of it. Mm -hmm. But when he's ready to go, on on six he gets pushed over yeah and all those cards on their lane they will give him power then. yeah see and you know I, it's made me understand craven so much differently when i saw that other cards affect it too yeah. like the other team's cards yeah or the other players cards like and, and daggers the same way so if like you she's like a pool three card mm -hmm. but if you move her if there's four cards there she gets two plus power from each card in their lane Gosh. it is devastating no. Now, you can miss <laughs> absolutely really bad with it. Uh, but if you're playing cloak and you move Craven over first and then dagger, mm -hmm. that just got crazy because yeah. that person that's playing against you will usually very stupidly move all their cards over there. Yeah. And that's like one of the things in Snap. Like you can't always play what the other person is doing. Sometimes mm -mm. you have to pay attention to what you're doing. Yep. And this is your win state. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it, that's it. You right. get out. But if if you're kind of sitting the fence and you don't get all that stuff, yeah. like yeah, it, it it just it gets 
like nuclear yeah. big. It can get really huge. Like there's been Oh, I, I forgot. I just pulled absorbing man though. That's right. And now what he can do is he can he replicates any onerville cards. Yeah. So if so if Cloak comes out and he creates that tunnel, like mm-hmm. that teleportation tunnel, yep. then I could play Absorbing Man after that and move all those cards again. Yeah. That's insane. So you Absorbing Man would be pretty good on a move deck. He I I have not been playing a lot of move uh, because I've been play, messing around so much with Cerebro this mm-hmm. season. But if I was doing that, I would have him in it in a second because yeah. it's not the it's not the you don't have multiple man, you don't have vulture, you have those cards. It's that you don't have as many move cards, right? Yeah. So, I mean, think about it. You could play him on top of freaking. You could play him on top of Iron Fist. Yes. You could play him on top, and of, that's awesome because he is. This, those are like aside from Heimdall. That's the one card that moves stuff to the left. Yep. And that's like crucial. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of stuff can move stuff to the right, but like those two cards are the only thing that moves stuff to so the left. So you have to play Absorbing Man before you play an Honorville you card? You have to play, like, let's say I play Cloak one, one like, uh, let's say I played him on three. Yeah. Right? With another card. And next round, as long as he was the last one that came out. Absorbing Man would get his power. Okay. So if I played like one card and then Cloak, he would get it. But if I played Cloak and then another card, he would uh, not get it. So the way I play move, I don't know if Absorbing Man will work very well because let's say I want to move Vulture twice. I couldn't do that with Absorbing Man because I would have to play Iron Fist, then Vulture. Yeah. And it wouldn't... It wouldn't it wouldn't trigger it, but the next person that come out would. So that might be beneficial from there. Like gotcha. let's say like you had like Human Torch, mm-hmm. then you can play Absorbing Man, then Iron, then um, then Human Torch, and then he would get moved. Yeah. It just all it just all depends, and and like Human Torch is like a pull pull through card too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a bunch like they're getting ready. It's not this next season. It's not the next month. Mm-hmm. It's not February. I think it's in March, mm-hmm. where move is like where there's gonna be like um, the season like card or whatever. Yeah, the premium card like mm-hmm. Silver Surfer Zabu. They are going. It's gonna be a move card. So oh, I'm pretty yes. pumped about that. I think it's Ghost Spider, and that means like yeah. Ghost Spider's power is every time somebody plays a card here, this card gets moved. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's really good. <laughs> that's awesome. I can't so, wait for that season. But, that, I mean, that's that's Snap in a nutshell. Yeah. But let's talk about our other thing that we yeah. did this week that we were ultra excited about. And you, what was it that we were doing that was so much fun this week? Two t- two days this week for probably about a total of six hours. Oh, absolutely. It, it had to be. We, we played Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That what, game. Why is it so much fun? You just have to play it, honestly. But I agree, but try and tell people at home. See if Thieves is, at this moment, other than Fortnite, for me, <laughs> is probably my favorite game right now. But I would say that easily, I mean, I think Snap's higher up my list. Okay. But, I mean, But so, I can do that on my own. Right. If, but if I can play with Gage, I would do it in a second. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've always been like, I put mobile games and console games in like a different bracket for sure, me personally. Of so, but... No, Sea of Thieves, like, 
who hasn't wanted to be a pirate in their life, right? So, I, when I was a kid, I oh my gosh, I found out who Blackbeard was, and I'm like, man, I wish I was a pirate. I didn't even know they used to get scurvy and like. Yeah, and that's not really great. No, it's not great. Live. But man, is it fun because uh, playing that game yeah. is amazing. You, I mean, it's there's not really any pay to win things in the no. game. You can get cosmetics for money. Yeah, That's but they it. really don't do anything. They don't. And it, it, it's funny because the month like the the in-game currency doesn't do anything. No. And That's why my guy is basically naked. Yeah. Cuz I'm just like this is stupid to spend this money on. Yeah, it is. Um Now I am going to get some gold and we're going to name our ship. Yeah, absolutely. I want to buy a ship at some point. Um but you, you can cosmetically change your ship, you but you can get a pet, you yeah. can but you Every player has a blunder, a blunderbuss, a pistol, and a sniper That's and a it. sword. That's, That's it. it. That's it. And you can't get. And there are these little mermaid things that you can pick up that like shoot a laser yeah, blast. Yeah, but that's but, not something that's those things run out, and, and it's that's not, not common. something that everybody runs into. No. Now we did a lot, but, yeah. But because we got into some shenanigans. Yeah. First off, I want to talk about how awesome these quests are that you took me on. So prior to playing this week with Ty, I had never really, you know, teamed up with like a merchant or you can become like a, basically a hired help for these merchants to do their job for. So you're basically like sailing under their flag. Yep. And so everything that you get is doubled from them, especially if it's like a merchant, like uh, a merchant quest. Yeah. You, so you take their quest and, you know, we were searching these like five islands for yeah. like tea or silks yeah. or. Well, the one is like a wreckage at sea kind of thing. Yeah. And we find a ship there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, we There's keep, clues. keep going down mm-hmm. the list. And we, then we find the ship that actually sank. Yeah. And get all the treasure out of it. And that one was insane. And see, there's a thing. I mean, maybe on your way, but I mean. It usually happens this way because, you know, just luck happens to be yeah. that way. On your way back to s- take things to the oh. outpost, oh, there just so happens to be, I don't know, a Kraken. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe a ghost ship. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe even other players yes. that yeah. are just a bunch we of jerks. ran into almost all of those except for the Kraken. Yeah. We hit a Megalodon. Yeah, we week. did. Which, you know, wasn't too hard. No. Megalodons no, no. are easy, but Krakens, get out of here. They're oh, pretty hard. Oh, the Kraken sucks. Yeah. But... Um, you know, there's so we pull up to this island. It's our last island we have to do, <laughs> and there's another ship there. So we're like, let's just kind of go around the other side. And, and the people at home, like, if if there's another crew, you can team up with them. Yeah, which we weren't trying to do. We no. were just trying to do our thing. Yeah, right? we were just trying to be our own pirates. And yeah, <laughs> so you know, I'm looking over but, at but them. They can steal our stuff, right. And they can turn it in. Yeah, and it's theirs, and, and they and they we get can money. steal their stuff, and we can turn right, it in. which we did do, which we did do. But you know, you know, so me. And Ty, when we're playing, our intentions aren't aren't bad towards other sailors. No, I'm usually I am not gonna. I'm I, I am very chill in that yeah. game unless you do something. Right, then it's on. It's on. So you know, we're just kind of parked up there. We got our anchor down, and I'm standing on the back of the boat, and I look over with my spyglass. He's waving at me, so usually it's like, all right, he's friendly. Yeah. So I wave but, back. But what this dude don't know is I'm up on top of the hill. Yeah, and I put like again. I missed him by a mile. Yeah. I did not even come close to him. Mm-hmm. But I put a warning shot with a cannon across his bow just yeah. to be like, dude, don't mess with us. Yeah. I'm not trying to shoot you. Yeah. I am just giving you a warning shot. Mm-hmm. He was still waving too. But, he... but the dude who was his partner, what lo and behold, like I look down and I see him sneaking behind Gage. Yeah. 
And I'm literally running behind this guy, and I say, Gage, the guy's like right behind you right now. I just pulled the, my blunderbuss on him, and he was gone. <laughs> he just obliterated And then him. you shot yourself over onto a ship. Yep. And, and Oh, I got, I got a crate of gunpowder, yep. and I ran onto their ship and then lit it and blew it up. Yeah. That, so if you lose your ship in that game, you lose like everything that mm-hmm. you've got. And you can go and, you know... Say we sunk their ship, we could go to their sunken ship and find their loot. Yes. Um, But, so, like, if somebody dies, they just spawn back onto their ship. Right. And that's it. But, if the ship sinks, then the ship will get, like, randomly respawn at another island Mm -hmm. in the game. An outpost, usually, yeah. But they had some loot laying on the uh, the uh, beach, so we just decided to take it. Yeah, because, I mean, at at that point, I was like, listen... I feel like we were being pretty chill, and we gave you an opportunity to just walk away from this right. clean, and I was going to be totally cool with that, yeah. but uh, it did not go That's that not way. where it ended either. No. we So <laughs> we're like, all right, I guess we got rid of them, and we go back to the outpost to turn our stuff in, because we had, I think, one more spot to go, yeah. and we were like, let's just put our stuff up and yeah. then go to our last spot. Yeah. And then they pull back up on us somehow. They must have spawned like one island over from that outpost. Did you watch their ship go all the way under? uh, Yeah. Because, dude, when you set that keg off, it goes like this. Boom. And then it's done. Yeah. You don't get time to repair it. Right. It it, it immediately starts filling up. There's so many holes you can't do it. Yeah. It puts it into into the grave. Like... I don't know how they did that, but like they were in front of us. Yeah. They didn't catch us, and they would have been behind us. Yeah, and our ship was not parked in a great spot. We no. had to. We saw them just pulling up, and their guy jumped off, yeah. and one of their guys, and so we had to turn the ship. Yeah, and you ended up putting like seven oh, cannonballs into the ship. I hit them so many times with cannons, and their cannon guy was terrible. <laughs> he missed us. He missed us so bad. Not even gloves and i don't know if it's because he was thinking like oh these cannonballs are gonna fly on a straight line yeah nope, no that is not how there's it a works. drop yeah so i'm shooting this i'm on this deck mm-hmm. where me and gage are parked at this point we're not even moving no like we are you ex- could totally hit us extremely easy target and i am lighting this dude ship up <laughs> and all of a sudden, Gage goes, he's on board, he's on board. And I turn around, and there's a guy there, and we both just kill him. Yeah. And then I just keep shooting their boat. And eventually, after that... I, I think they just ended up sailing off. That was it. And yeah. they were just like, you know what? We're in a cutter losses, yeah. and we're going to be done with That was the guys. smart move on those guys' Yeah, of part. course. But that was probably the most fun experience we had on there, I think. One of the funnest parts was... We we're at another island with another ship. Yeah. So that's in play. Yeah. Like, there's so much of this, like, uh, there's so much of just kind of randomly generated adventure. Yeah. That's not even part of what you're doing. Right. But then all of a sudden, you're just like, holy crap, we're doing this. Yeah. Because, like, there were so many times where Gage was like, is this even part of our, like, mission? And I was like, no. We're just getting all this extra <laughs> yeah, stuff. Because we just find, like, there's just these random, like, sometimes you'll pull up and there's a skeleton captain yeah. you get his you get his skull, skull and, and you can of sell gold it. and then like a quest or like you know the megalodon that'll that'll oh, that uh, that'll do it but the other day we're playing and we pull up to this we pull up to this island and there's a ship there and it's kind of out of the way and we're just literally stopping for two seconds right digging up tre- treasure and then leaving mm-hmm. i was again not gonna mess with anyone no. 
And that guy, to his credit, did not mess with us at all. No. But all of a sudden, there was just like 100 skeletons everywhere. And I, and so, like, Gage is like, I find myself running alongside of our ship as Gage is selling the ship <laughs> along the beach. And I'm like, literally trying to, like, Jack Sparrow my way onto the ship. It was so awesome. It was so crazy and then i ended up having to like i think i used the the harpoon on you at that yeah, point yeah you did but no that that's my favorite it's like an open world game yeah it's, and you have i think i think you can have six other ships on there yeah like total six ships and like i think it's 25 or 30 other players that yeah. are on the map and it's so big you don't see them that often no, you really don't um and you see them on the map. See, like in the old days, you could not see them on the map. Yeah. Now you can. Now you can. And I am like, I think that is awesome. Yeah. So like I kind of hadn't played since like season three. Right. It's like season eight now, I think. Uh, yeah. So. Um, But no, it's certainly, you know, it's an open world game where you can, I, I almost want to compare it to GTA five in a way of like, <laughs> I'm trying to do this thing with Ty. I'm yeah. trying to take this stuff back here. Yeah. And there's people trying to mess with me. Yeah. Or maybe not, you know. But there's obstacles that get in your way. And yeah, it's just so fun. And, and it's so... It, it's not hit or miss. No. It, every, every time that we played, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it is so helpful to have another person. It is. Because one person can be driving a boat. Mm-hmm. or And another person can be shooting a cannon. Yep. Or another person can be like digging something up while that person watches the boat. Yep. Or like... Like Gage can get in a cannon and shoot himself onto an island yep. and then grab that stuff. I could literally sail our boat around and meet him where he gets shot off. Yep. It it's it's awesome. such an interesting game. And just look like if you just look at the water in that game, yeah, it's crazy. The ab- probably the absolute best oh, it's a, representation of yeah, the it's ocean. The best water effects I think you'll ever see. Yeah. It's like I don't think it's hurt by like the cartoon style no, at all. I think that the stylized approach just makes that game. It's amazing. And then and then I haven't played this, but you have an adventure you can do with yeah. Jack Sparrow. And well, I think the next thing we probably need to do is try and do is like those tall tales. Yeah, absolutely. Because you get a lot of good loot from yeah. that. Um, and I think that you would actually think that was pretty yeah. fun. But I I don't know. I every second that we played together was great. Yeah. I. Do not regret that at all. As a matter of fact, I wish that we had started doing this way sooner. Yeah, I know. If only, you know, in my long stint of unemployment, we would have played Sea of Thieves even earlier. <laughs> but, like, think of it this way. Like, if you could play, you know, if you could play Overwatch with people, or if you could play Sea of Thieves with people, see, I actually think that Austin would be freaking cutthroat in that game. Yeah. Because you're not, you're working with a group of people, mm-hmm. but when there's another ship, it's... It's like on. It's right? on, yeah. But again, you can leave people alone and you can just do your thing. Right. And and there's just so many ways to play. There's but I can imagine that that Austin would be so he salty. Just needs to, he needs to get him uh, either buy, get he get Game Pass on your PC and get it, oh, Austin, yeah. or you know, it's just probably, bite the bullet and get an Xbox. It's probably free at this point on PC. Probably. I mean, it it's got to be and if not... The price has got to be so great. I mean, it's been out for eight... Not eight years. For probably... It's been out for four? At least. It's been out for since at least 2018. Yeah. See, and I've never played it on anything but Game Pass. Right. So, 
I don't know. You you didn't even lose anything, so no. you could have played it and hated it and never yeah. played it again, and you no. wouldn't have. It was a free game, All right? And honestly, the first time I played it, blew my mind. Yeah, but I was just like, "What do you do?" It has gotten so much better. Oh yeah, but they just kept adding yes. and adding, I, because at first there was no you you eat raw fruit in it, right? Mm-hmm. And and then they gave then they gave you a way to cook food yep right so it's you can cook food and you can eat it yep. and then it'll actually give you like this health boost mm-hmm. and you so can like regenerate if you, health. if you get hit it'll regenerate it but it'll reduce that little box yep. that you filled from eating that food but you can eat meat raw but you right. get sick throw up literally yes and you can get drunk <laughs> you can get drunk and but it For some reason, these pirates get drunk off of only one cup. I usually have to drink three with mine. Really? Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Because my guy, he drinks... Maybe it's the build. Maybe it's like the body builds. You can... Okay. To the people at home, this might sound gross, but it's so funny. You can drink and get drunk and then throw up into a bucket and then throw it in someone's face. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you could throw up in a bucket in that game. Yeah, so when you start throwing up when you're drunk, you can just hold your bucket out and it will fill it up. Dude, I'm... We're, oh, I, I know you're gonna do it to me the next time we play. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna purposefully have a bucket of throw up ready. So when someone tries to mess with us, I'm just gonna throw it on them. So one of the things that happened was I was cooking some food and we were on an island. We were gone from our ship for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, and we came back and I was like, oh, our our ship is on fire. <laughs> he left a megalodon cooking. I left some food cooking and it lit our ship on fire. Yeah. And I literally had to start bailing buckets. And dumping it on there to put out the fire. It's just so... I can't say anything about this game other than the unpredictability and the... uh, Yes, there are preset like adventures, obviously, but I think they're on different islands every time. You could could play the same adventure mm -hmm. three times and it would be different every single time. Based on where you're at, based on how the water is, based on if there's a storm, if there's a crack, and if there's a megalodon. You can get attacked by sharks. Yep. You can, you know, come up on a shipwreck. Yep. You can come up on a ghost ship. There's one, one endless. Of the, one of the craziest things that happened to us was, and it was just kind of like an offshoot thing, mm-hmm. right? Where there was a sunken ship, and we ran into sunken. You run into sunken ships a lot. Yeah. There's you will see uh, pelicans flying yeah. around, or not pelicans, seagulls, seagulls mm-hmm. flying around in the air, and you'll know there's something in the water there. Yep. Uh, it's either a ship or there's like some treasure that's just on the surface or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, we did that a few times. And one mm-hmm. time we got into this, this ship and I was just like, this isn't great. Mm-hmm. But there, so there's barrels where they've stored stuff there. Yeah. We started checking the barrels and there was just like all this fish mm-hmm. and all this meat. The exotic and all these fish. Rare sh- all these rare like shark meats. And we're, I was just like, Gage, start checking all the barrels. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna get some money. We out got of this like fish. thousands we of got gold. Twenty thousand out of turning all those fish, just from just fish, from fish, and we didn't catch any of them. No, we stole them off some loser's sunken ship. Yeah, it was so funny when we started turning that stuff in. Are the sunken ships in the game, other than the ones that are meant to be in the game, are they ever players? Boat? I don't think so. I think they're just random. Yeah, randomly, in. probably. But I feel like that would be cool aspect oh, yeah. if if they could figure that out. That'd be really cool. It's a it's a super fun game, it and it, I mean, it always has been. It's it's just whether or not you have the people that can right. play with you. 
Because, man, if you got a crew, it makes it so much better. And, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could have a crew of four guys and just role play like your pirates the oh, whole the, night. people do that all yeah, the time. and it's awesome. And it, All the time. I used to be, like, on a Discord where people would be like, it would be, just be random people, and they yeah. would be like, hey, I'm going to be doing this. Is anybody interested? Yeah. Uh, there's so much stuff like that. Like there are people on Twitch, like the guys that who is how I learned to like play like that top level stuff. Yeah. Where people were like, so this is what there's a guy and his name was Casey and I mm-hmm. can't remember his first name, but he was a Twitch streamer. And this was like three years ago. It was mm-hmm. like before the pandemic. So I don't even know if he's still doing it. Right. But what they would do is hit, he would have, he had four guys that he played with mm-hmm. and all they did was go to strongholds. Yeah. Right. And how a stronghold works is if there's a skeleton cloud in the sky, mm-hmm. it's over a it's over a fort, mm-hmm. and players can go there and they can kill all these waves of skeletons. Yep. And when you do, you'll get a key and it'll unlock this stronghold vault. Mm-hmm. And there's so much treasure. Get in it. So it's not just that you get so much; it's that you get this high quality stuff. That you can so sell stuff that like caught like that costs like or is like. Five, six thousand a piece. Stuff's like I think the stronghold keg is ten. Gosh, and I, and I mean it's a lot. And then you have to make your way to an outpost with all that treasure on your boat. Right, but the the trick is, is like that skeleton cloud is in the sky, mm-hmm. and everyone on ships can see it, and they're yep. usually all coming to it if they're interested. Yeah, and what these guys would do they would literally let people fight all the waves and they would go to sleep where they couldn't see them mm-hmm. and when they opened up the vault <laughs> they would get the one of them would get the stronghold keg take it into their ship blow their ship to pieces and then they would just take all the treasure and leave no that's it I mean, that's how you do it as it a pirate. Was, it was so dirty, man. Like sometimes I do want to. I want to go on there one day and just go on there with the intention. I want to screw with people today. Oh, I'm sure. Like I have had things where people have have killed me and not sunk my boat, yeah. and they've just I've just spawned back and on they just it keep and killing just you. Kept killing me. Now that's like, annoying. <laughs> the problem is, is like as a single person, like I can't do a whole lot no, against you, a freaking crew. Two of or people. three people. It's ridiculous. No, <sighs> that's it. When you got two or three people. Oh yeah. Versus I just, one. I would just like scuttle it and be like, fine. Yeah. This is no big deal. But like usually I was really good about being very sneaky yeah. and getting my treasure in and then mm-hmm. being like, You're just killing me for no reason now. Yeah. I don't even have anything for you to take. Right. But hey, whatever. And, I mean, it is a gigantic griever game. Yeah. People grief like and, crazy. And, and that is like the one thing that I do not love about it. But you know But when you got people with you, that's a different story. Yeah, it is. And but you know, sometimes you also gotta think that is how pirates live too. Sure. I, I so, don't I get the concept. Yeah. And that's why the gamer works. Yeah. It's risk reward. Mm-hmm. It's like all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that is what I love about it. Yeah. And that's why I think that Austin would freaking <laughs> yeah, love it. It's an awesome game. It's because I can imagine him just being so spicy with it. Mm-hmm. Just like, dude, there's that chip over there. And like you can literally put yourself into a into a cannon shoot yourself over there, swim on board, and then kill everyone, and then sink it. Or, you cannot kill everybody. If, like, let's say, like, they got a dinghy, you could load all their treasure up and literally what, row it away. Yeah. 
it, maybe they'll shoot at you, but they also have to yeah, turn but, their boat in order yeah, to shoot at but, you. I mean that, or maybe you can come pick him up on a dinghy. You know what? The, I mean, you know what it's like to stand on that boat. Yeah. When there's waves. Yeah. There's no way. No. That you're gonna hit somebody with a sniper rifle consistently like no, that. Now no. somebody with a PC might be able to. Maybe. So. But that's why you play with people who don't play on PC. Yeah, that's exactly why I do it. Because <laughs> it's not fair. No, it's not at all. Uh, but man, that game is something. Yeah. Uh, if people are interested, please. I would love to play with like a crew of like four or five. Yeah. I think Come, that game would be dude, so much If fun. any listeners, anybody, if you guys want to play, like this is a perfect way to let you guys know that we have an email address yeah. that you can send questions to, or maybe even send us your gamer tag on Xbox. I don't know. It's kind of cool, but you can play some games, do some things and answer your questions yeah we also have social medias that you can what is that email address oh yeah it's me if i was 20 at gmail.com that's right that's the email and i think that's our name on all the social media platforms as well me if i was 20 yeah yeah but i think that's it for this week yeah absolutely i know that we have got places to be yep sorry this is a short one guys but you know i think we talked about a lot of things we're passionate about right now. oh yeah definitely um (laughs) so Well, it's been a wonderful episode of the Me If I Was 20 podcast. Yeah, man, I'll see you later tonight. See you, Ty. All right, bye, buddy. Love you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.